Hello and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I'm your co-host, Buddy. And this week we're going to talk a little bit about World of Warcraft Legion. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. Well, folks at home, I'm delighted to inform you that we talk about games on this podcast. Um, today we'll be talking about Legion, uh, but before that, uh, I guess we also have played some D&D. Have you played any other video games this week? I haven't played any other video games since Legion came out. Um... I've played Reigns on my phone a little bit. It's uh it's a game published by Devolver Digital. It's like I think I've talked about it briefly before. It's like I call it Tinder for Kings. Oh yeah, you, yeah. You told me about that. Y- yeah, you swipe to make decisions. It's cool, it's fun, it's cheap. Um it's it's my designated shitting game at this point, so um but that that's it, otherwise it's been all Legion all the time. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh you know, me too. I haven't I haven't even uh you know, gone close to another game, it feels like. Um uh uh but we did play some Dungeons and Dragons. Uh we played we did not play Rune Lords, but we did play Hell's Rebels since the last cast, is that correct? I think we played Rune Lord we played Rune Lords on the day after when we recorded it was Sunday. Man, so, now I'm confused. We oh, yes, you're right. So then we, we did... Okay, so we have one thing of Rune Lords and one thing of Hell's Rebels. Um, with Rune Lords this week, uh, we finished our boss fight against the Wendigo, um, wherein we did another one of those... Um, uh, we did another one of those fights where, like, the boss showed up, we fought the boss until it was very, very low, and then, you know, we chased it down and killed it, um, rather than letting it get away. Um Using an incredible amount of stupid. Using an, an, a ridiculous amount of stupid. Uh, there really wasn't all that much kind of like story. It was just like another half of uh, another half of that boss fight. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it was it was fun though because it was like just a ton of like how how dumb can we be to like get our goals done and it, and it worked out. Mm-hmm. Like we like uh, Jimmy teleported a, a tree. Or rather, I, I summoned the, the Treon, which threw you and Rufus at... at oh, yeah, Legion. yeah. <laughs> and, and then Jimmy teleported the tree and me above the... And himself above the Wendigo, and that's how we finished it off. Like, that's, you know... That's that's what happens when you get post past level 10, especially when you've got, like, yeah. fucking Mythic in the mix. I also think, um... Uh, I think Mark is a little bit lenient about this kind of stuff because he knows that it, like, bugs us. It, you know, it actually doesn't bug me all that much, but it definitely bugs um, uh, uh, Nick. Nick. Nick hates letting bosses escape. Oh, um, right, yeah. And, you know, and, and I feel that um, because uh, having played in other Mark games, it really can be almost weirdly, like, demoralizing because, like, every time the boss gets away and you just know he's going to come back and it's just, like, this Sisyphean, like, task right. um, is, like, you know, defeating the boss and then he goes away and then there's, you know, the kind of no answer to him. Um and I think, uh, I and I think to a certain extent, uh, you know, I, I I think that letting bosses live sometimes, um, and uh, and getting away kind of is is like more RP appropriate or, uh, uh, you know, for instance, I think if the Wendigo leaves and never comes back, that's fine, right? Um, and in the kind of context of the story that we were in at the time. Um, that's kind of what Kenzo would do, right? I don't think Kenzo really wants to chase down that guy. In, in, if when I think about him, like from a, like a serious RP kind of perspective, right? Kenzo doesn't care if this thing is going to escape, right? If it's going to run away, Kenzo doesn't care, right? Um, it's it clearly knows that it can't fight us. It's not going to come back, and I don't need to risk my shit anymore to go to go, uh, you know, to go kill it. Um, 
but in the context of the game, right, uh, kind of, you know, it would have been a little bit lame for me to just, like, sit on a bench and be like, well, Kenzo wouldn't do this in character. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, but I, I also kind of think a little bit of that is uh, is on, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the onus of the GM not to, like, have an endless roulette of bad guys coming back and hounding you over and over again, because that does create this necessity to like kill dudes. Yeah. Um, I think, the, I think the other half of that too, is that like, like I feel like, I feel like it feels less bad. Like if people get away for like regular reasons, right? Like the guy runs away past all, like, you know, he positions and he runs away, right? Like the one to go kind of like, does his wraith form bullshit and bullshits away like 700 feet. It's like, that feels like a cheap escape. Whereas like the dude that manages to do the roll past, roll past everyone as he's procking AOOs to run away. That feels less bad. Um, and Interesting. I don't, you know, I don't know that it, it feels super bad either way. This is actually a trick that I use. I probably shouldn't say this because it's a trick. Well, whatever. Um, oh, a trick that I use uh, pretty commonly to a certain extent is, um, when, when like the, the expectation for the fight is non-lethal, um, like, like on a bar fight, right? This is very typical. Um, instead of putting a bunch of 12 HP mooks in there, I'll put a bunch of 24 HP mooks and have them surrender or run at 12 HP kind of thing. Um, because, you know, like, in a bar fight, right, like, okay, a bar fight really shouldn't descend to a bloodbath of murder and carnage, right? You shouldn't be, like, slicing these guys' throats open in the middle of the bar in the city. That's a little gauche, I would say. Um, so, you know, you kind of put this HP buffer on there, but, like, you let them, you know, like, you do enough damage that they run away, and I think that feels good, uh, and, and works for players in a, in a different kind of way. Um, I think if it was telegraphed a little bit more that the Wendigo, uh, was, uh, and you know, maybe this is hard because it is a Wendigo. I think if it was yeah, telegraphed it's different, a little bit right? more. Yeah, it's different, right? Like, if we saw the Wendigo in the bar and he ran, like, it was, like, Wendigo enjoying a drink and he ran away, like, that'd be a different situation. But, like, when it's, when it's an open-world boss, like... Like, in, I think instant retreatabilities just don't feel great. Like, you know, anything from contingency teleport to ghost form, sprint away. Like, um, like I feel like if at least you get your parting shot, it feels a lot better. Yeah, I think that's true. And to Mark's credit, by the way, he did give us that oh, yeah. parting shot, which is how we were able to do this fucking stupid bullshit anyway. Oh, um, oh ab absolutely. I'm yeah. not. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to suggest. No, no. I, I, I don't think you were suggesting. I do, do just want to correct uh, the record for any. Uh, uh, any uh, of uh, of our listeners that may have kind of like misunderstood our point here. We're Fair not enough. trying to. Yeah. We're not trying to get on Mark's case. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. Contingency teleport sucks. Uh, and you know, to a certain extent, I think that stuff is very usable. Um, for instance, if you guys were to encounter Bars Lythrune tomorrow and he contingency teleports away, I think that's appropriate, right? He is supposed. First of all, he is he is hard, and he is supposed to be hard, uh, kind of or whatever. But like that kind of demoralizing feeling, that kind of feeling of like fuck, that sucks, is also appropriate because he's. Um, uh, you know, like that, like sometimes you want to engender that in your players, right? Uh, this is a little bit of the kind of, um, you know, like the whole Xanatos gambit that uh, that Barzillai had set up with Nox and Tonric and everything. I'm like, right, like it turns that it turns that successful win, right? You bring Nox to effectively zero HP, but she surrenders and all of this other stuff, and then you know, it kind of cascades out of control. That that feeling, kind of sucking, is the point. 
Um, because I think when uh, I, I think I think it's appropriate for the heroes to uh, take small losses in order to make the kind of wins feel better, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but it was like uh, just to like the base mechanics of it was also a, a fun fight, right? Like the yeah, the, I think yeah, I think the Wonder Girl is a cool creature. Yeah, I, I I kind of wonder how much he like. So to open up this fight, we tried to burn down the building that we were very clearly supposed to explore instead because for fucks um <laughs> and uh i i kind of wonder how much mark planned for that because i i feel like it's got to be like an expectation when we're playing with people like uh, like especially when we're playing with like our specific group of people which is like you know like i i'm the goof nick's nick's the power gamer and and jew's also a goof so it's like you know nine times out of ten if kenzo's not calling the shots and, and Jimmy's fairly passive, right? Like, 9 out of the 10, if, if Kenzo's not calling the shots, it's going to be the, the, the dumb solution. Yeah, and the other thing, you know, so I, I am sympathetic to kind of the haunted house stuff. Um, I really like doing that kind of thing, and I'm definitely down um, to, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, in, in the context of, like, horror adventures, what we talked about last week, right? I think that that makes a lot of sense, and I think we can get really in, you know, you can get into the haunted house aesthetic, um, in a really cool way in Pathfinder, right? Uh, but the problem with it, just kind of from, like, a logistics perspective, is that there is a lot of onus on the characters just to burn the motherfucking place down. And so yeah. you kind of have to do your story homework in order to make this work without uh, descending into that kind of chaos. Um, my, my personal solution for anyone, you know, anyone who listens and wants to know how I treat this kind of thing, I think you need to give... Um, the PCs a, a tangible goal that prevents them from doing this kind of thing, right? They need to go get this tome. They need to go find a cloak. They they know that a person has been captured and they're being held prisoner in the house, right? You can't burn that down, right, when, you know, the the, the NPC that whose life you need to save is somewhere inside that house. Um, and Mark has done an okay but not amazing job um, at translating those kinds of goals um and like motivations to uh it, it to the players in order to kind of like force um in order to like force us to deal with the encounter head on rather than try and effectively cheese it um this one this one we had no incentive uh we had no incentive to stick around right um, we had already saw. I, I think the incentive was supposed to be environmental, uh, to be in all honesty. But we had kind of like solved the environmental stuff with some low level kind of low maintenance spells. So there wasn't a lot of need for us to like hunker down in the shelter, right? If if there was like a raging blizzard outside and we're all taking cold damage every turn, and you know there's some kind of like magical stacking debuff aura on us that's like sending us from like fatigued to exhausted and stuff when we're moving through the storm. Yeah, maybe it makes sense that we have to bunk down in this house uh for the night without you know uh without burning it to the ground but we it wasn't it's not that big a deal for us to burn down this house go go camp a mile away in the kind of the context of what we were doing for the game yeah i, I also think it's okay for for this solution to happen every once in a while right it's not like we're burning down every encounter yeah that, yeah. that, that we're running yep. into like and i also think that also in the story it made sense for every like you know I think Rufus and Wooden Wander reacted most strongly to burning the place down um, because, like, we've done this before. You know, I'll take my chances with the storm over the crazy fucking haunted house type of deal. And I think that that, like, I think when it comes from that place, it's okay. Like, 
this didn't come from a place of like la la la. We could just burn it down la 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 la. It came it came from like I think a, a decent place. So I think that's kind of why ultimately it was okay. And we had the encounter anyway. So yeah. Yep. Yep. I I agree with you. But uh, and then we played Hell's Rebels. Uh, it was an all you know it was an all RP session. Um, it, a bunch all of stuff RP happened. Session. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Hell's Rebels. <laughs> Don't say. No way. <laughs> um, the uh, you know you guys started with kind of like the the the, the moral logistics of whether or not you need you need to kill these guys because they have stacks of uh, of boiling blood. Um, you made it to the shrine uh, and kind of hung out with the shrine of Saint Senex and then resurrected uh, uh, and then resurrected Tonric. He disbands the Hell Knights, creates the Otterborn, and now he's gonna run around uh, the Ravenel countryside. Um, uh, in, uh, uh, you know, setting up, setting up kind of you guys to, to have a, a more, uh, regional focus than a, a, a city-based focus. Um, oh, also there was fucking Arahe, right? Uh, th you know, this is honestly th like that, that was the thing that I was most looking forward to about this session. I feel like I've thrown Jimmy under the bus a little bit. Um, we've been playing this game for months at this point, uh, you know, like six months or so. And Jimmy, you know, everybody's gotten kind of their fair share of like RP stuff to like get into and like tussle with. Um, and, uh, but Jimmy, I've, I've had this hook this entire time and i'm just like god i just need them to get out of the city i need to get you know this this way watcher beastman stuff kind of like off the ground to give jimmy something to work with um so i was very happy that we were able to kind of uh i was able to give that that uh to to uh to jimmy after his months of of good-natured waiting yeah no ab absolutely uh and i I, th I think it's an interesting hook too like part of the I'm not going to say it's an issue. It was just kind of like, she was like, oh, you guys can go sign up for the Watchers. And it's like, this is a potential plot hook, but not one that we can probably dive into right now. It's not like all of us can like stop what we're doing to join the Watchers. Although that <laughs> that's true. I mean, you know, I, I obviously didn't expect you guys to take her up on that offer. I really had nothing like, I had nothing like plan. Uh, okay. if, if you had all gone and been like, oh, let's all sign up for the Waywatchers. It was, um... You know, I but I needed her to kind of say that, and I needed the oh, offer of to be very genuine in order for her to kind of stick it to stick it to Weirin's guilt, like, you know, like on the backside, um, uh, because uh, you know, I did, you know, the the question kind of arises every once in a while for certain characters, like what are they doing with the rebellion, right? What are they looking to kind of accomplish? Um, and for Jimmy, I had a really tough time answering that question. So instead of, you know, trying to, trying to help him find an answer, I did the opposite where I forced him to make his own answer. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. We're in, I don't know why we, I don't have a good out for why we're in wants to do the rebellion. Um, but I know that he's going to have to figure out a good answer if, you know, I put Arahe in his face and I say, and, you know, and she says, we are all dying and we are losing this war and you need to come help us. And anything you do otherwise is not good enough. Right. Uh, I needed to hit him with that guilt in order for him to kind of answer the question for me, so to speak, um, which is, you know, uh, one way to one way to handle things. Uh, yeah, no, ab ab absolutely. Um you know, I'm, I, I think, I think it was real. I think it was well done. I, I think it was uh, hard hitting. 
Um, I also think it was it was it was cool to see we're in like 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 you said it's cool to see we're in shine. Um, although to, to be honest, like it's sometimes like you know like I think some people handle this this better than others, but um, like th th there is this kind of uh, I don't want to say problem, but like. When the player knows that, like, you know, he has to play the campaign, but he has trouble finding a reason for the character to keep going, sometimes it's, like, sometimes you just kind of want the GM to, like, let it go. That way they don't have to do the, the mental gymnastics. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, I think the worst version of this is when uh, the player says, well, I wouldn't do this, but, you know, the campaign is happening, so I have to, which has happened a couple times. Um, but, you know, like, I and, and I think that's, like, I, I, players, you should avoid doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely... I also think players can hold games hostage to a certain extent with this yeah. kind of thing, which is always, you know, bad news, right? Like, oh, my character wouldn't do this, so I'm gonna, you know, so I'm just gonna, like, take my, you know, take my animal companion and go home. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I, first, I trusted Jimmy not to do that. Oh, yeah. uh, second, I, you know, um, I also think that it's, you know, there, there's no campaign to me in which you can't solve that problem uh, with kind of like story algebraics, if that right. makes sense. Um, I think it is a weakness of the player if they are that unflexible, right? If they can't find, you know, maybe it's contrived, right? Maybe you could hit me with it's contrived or something, and I might kind of agree with that. But um, I think to a certain extent, right, like, you know, you can you can figure out a reason for your, for your character to stay, right? And even though you're doing it for the kind of uh, contrived purpose of I need to stay in, I want to keep playing this character in this campaign, I don't think the end result of that, aspect of the character on the story is a negative one um which is why uh i first of all i engage in this right kenzo had his midlife crisis in the middle of book two right um and second of all, you I, all, you I, all I was actually thinking of a different time with kenzo um that time when kenzo was like ready to walk away and everybody was like fine we'll go do the haunted house by ourselves yeah no sorry that's what i that's what i'm referencing oh, okay um, i thought you were talking about yeah. with your wife and stuff uh, uh, oh, I mean, you know, there's that, there's that stuff too. Uh, I, I have a little bit of a hard time with Kenzo's motivation because, uh, 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 the, uh, you know, the, the, the swap from like Jessa to the wife is a very different, you know, like, that's not where I saw the character going kind of thing. So I'm right. like, I'm hypothet. I was, I was unprepared for it or whatever, but, uh, the idea of, I need to make sure the world doesn't get ended because I have a duty to my wife and my kid. Um, who is now dead because Mark hates kids. Uh, you know, that, that works for me, right? You know, like that, I think that that's a good reason for Kenzo to like kind of keep doing what he's doing uh, because otherwise this Rune Lord stuff is kind of just over his head in the first place. Um, right. Yeah, and uh, and you know, and so and I'll, you know, and also I don't mind kind of you know I did this with Alaric right, where I very directly farmed out the reason that he needs to be part of the rebellion as Elector Fortinax comes to Kentargo and he tells you. Right. That if you can, you know, if you can reestablish ties with the, you know, the Shadow Vale house, which requires you to be in control of the city uh, or um, because Barzlai Thrune has cut those off. Right. You can be part of the Shattered Hall again. Right. That that is the most direct I think I've ever been in um, in kind of like handing a player the proper motivation for why their right, character right. is a part of the rebellion. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that was another one that popped into my head. Actually, I'm glad you brought it up. Um but yeah, um, 
And then Tonric came back, I guess. Uh, ironically, yeah. I was feeling really under the weather by, like, the back half of that session. We also burned... I, you know, That whole thing in the beginning with Boiling Blood, that was just a tutorial, right? This is just the tutorial of, okay, you fought some Beastmen. This is the... These are the mechanics of how Boiling Blood works, right? Um... And, uh, and I, you know, I was like, okay, you know, 10, 15 minutes just for them to kind of like get it. Kind of thing. First of all, I didn't quite realize how, it makes a lot of sense to me because I see that, you know, I made this mechanic from scratch. I see it on the paper. I know all of the ins and outs to it, but I, I, you know, like it, it is more complicated than I kind of thought it was in my head, if that makes sense. So oh, I had yeah. a tough time relaying all of the mechanics to you guys. And then on top of that, right, like, Alaric is just being, a, like, a jerk about stuff. And, like, everyone's obstinate and arguing. And so we kind of burned through all of the extra time that I was hoping to have for, like, questions for Ariantes, questions for Johan at the Shrine, right? Like, on this stuff in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and to be fair, like, Al Alaric, was not wrong with the things he was talking about. Yeah, right? yeah like, no, definitely. I'm it, with you. Yeah, like th this is this is going to be this is very obviously going to be a a running theme for this party is you know what's the right thing to do, what's the expedient thing to do, what's the easy thing to do. Um, although I feel like there will be less pushback with uh, the bloody quill taking a backseat, but um. You know, I I think I think I think it will make for an interesting campaign at the very least. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I I think without without the bloodied quill uh, on hand, we'll run into a little bit less of like the kind of hardcore good side. Yeah. Uh, maybe Weirin will kind of pick up the slack. Uh, I definitely get the feeling as though you know Weirin to me is chaotic good, um, and I definitely get the feeling as though. You know, Weird has a lot of, uh, you know, he cares a lot and he has a lot of empathy for this stuff. And, you know, he really did draw the line uh, when it came, you know, like when it came to Waywatch's stuff. Uh, so so maybe we'll see, uh, maybe we'll kind of see that pick up in the future. Uh, I can't, uh, yeah. uh, I can't promise or guarantee, obviously, on behalf of Jimmy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been preparing that, I've been preparing that Tonric thing for forever. Uh, Tonric's obviously, you know, like my, he's like my guy, so... I've been, I've been with that, uh, I've been, like, with this kind of stuff for him for a long time. Mm. Yeah, no. I, I'm excited to see kind of how, like, these, the, the, the party lines kind of split, because Rakax has been sucking up to Weirin this entire outdoor session. <laughs> That's true, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I, I, like, uh, Beauregard sees what Rakax is doing and is very, very coolly being like, oh, so that's how you're gonna play it. Um, <laughs> That's funny, yeah. I, you know, I like this kind of stuff. Obviously, a lot of what I want to do with this party in this campaign is like ask those tough questions where it's like, you know, man, there really isn't, a, you know, there really isn't a super easy answer, right? And you kind of have to, you kind of have to just like make these compromises and and hope for the best, uh, if that makes sense. Um, so there will be plenty of that kind of stuff uh, coming coming down the pike. Yeah. No, it's it's it's. Definitely going to be a ride. It's going to be exciting. Um, All right. But yeah, uh, I guess we, you know, we've uh, we've taken up uh, uh, enough time talking about our D and D games. Uh, we skipped Rune Lords yesterday to play Legion. We're skipping yeah, that's true. Hell's We're skipping Rebels. Hell's Rebels this week because I made them play the day after Legion, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, you know um, definitely had nothing to do with the fact that you didn't have any time off. 
definitely, uh, definitely had nothing to do with it. Well, I mean, really, it was the fact that I didn't know I had time off when I or when I had I had this like crazy. I I just came off of a crazy week. Um, I didn't know that that was coming down the pike until uh, uh, until uh, I had already said that I really want to play on that Wednesday. Yeah, I just sure. wanted to kind of finish that that arc because it is a very oh, contained yeah, yeah. set. Um, and uh, yeah. Anyway, so Legion Legion came out. Legion is out, and uh, um. We, I, I suppose we both have thoughts. Uh, I do want to warn people that there will be a spoiler part of this podcast, but it will be later as we talk about some of the stories in the kind of like questing zones or whatever. Um, but first, we're just going to kind of go over, uh, you know, kind of uh, gameplay ish. How you know, the like, what are what are feel. your what are your yeah like, what are your mechanics spoiler free kind of reactions to the uh, to the expansion? I guess. Um. So. Uh. I think that they've done a lot of good things. I think they've boiled down the garrisons to a much less bad feeling essence. Um, I personally feel like that you could use they could use a little bit more interaction, but I can also see why people don't want to keep doing that. Um, it's funny because uh, part of this they just released an app today um, for managing your your your, your class uh, missions, and that was. I think much more needed in in Draenor than it will ever be here because you don't you just don't have as many missions going at one time. Yeah, um, I, yep, I one hundred percent agree. Um, but you know, I I think they've done a good amount of that. I think world quests are really cool. Um, I think they're 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 a, a cool amount of, um, kind of like recurring content. It's better than your standard dailies. Um, they're a lot shorter too, which is. Interesting to me, like, the first time I did them, I was like, oh, this is nice. I don't have to spend, like, half an hour doing Apexis dailies or whatever, right? Like, I don't have to spend as much time farming minions and trying to, like, get it done as fast as possible. But as I keep playing it, it feels like it's a li they're a little bit too easy. Like, I would like the option to maybe do a little bit more to get, like, a greater reward or even just have them be a little bit harder. Because it feels like... I feel like I could clear the map of world quests, like every day almost like even without doing emissary stuff emissaries being the reputation mechanic, which i also think is very good um but uh like it feels like the, the world quests are like super 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 undertuned almost um maybe, how do i feel about that maybe this is like a, a casual thing like i'm i'm you know i've uh i've you know I, i've powered to, to eight or 110 and 800 fishing and you know done all the things that I really wanted to do hardcore over the weekend and like this stuff is just feels it feels like good dailies but like less rewarding if that makes sense um you know I think uh, I think to a certain extent there is a problem with this expansion in how quick it went like from a leveling perspective, uh, this is kind of nothing new for Blizzard. They've been kind of tuning down. Uh, you know, it used to take, you know, famously, right? Like it used to take like six months to get to level sixty, right? Um, and uh, and you know, like leveling sixty to seventy, leveling seventy to eighty. Uh, you know, eighty to eighty-five. That took, you know, that took a chunk of change, right? I I did that. You know, I did that over the course of a weekend, but it was a weekend that I like barely slept, and I took like everything. You know, like off my 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 like leveling to my leveling to eighty five time must have been somewhere in kind of like the thirty hour range. I think my leveling to one ten has to be somewhere in kind of like the fifteen hour range. Yeah. Um. And uh, and to a certain extent, I get it because I think leveling content is not 
it's not it's not long content, right? You kind of do it once, you get the gist of it, and then um, you know you move into end game content, and that's where you know ninety percent of people who play the expansion are be spending their time, right? At one ten, doing all the stuff that happens at one ten. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have uh, I, I have complicated uh, I have complicated feelings about it. Um, we had a podcast, obviously, where we talked about like is the leveling experience still relevant uh, and and everything like that. And this and this version of World of Warcraft has definitely kind of begged that question uh, of me to a certain extent. See, um, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go on the other side. I think this is actually kind of like in regards to that. You know, I said like, wouldn't it be great if you know you could go back and do you know, quests that you didn't do at, for, like, regular rewards. And you can do that now, right? Like, I leveled on yeah, to 110 that, I mean, that's, yeah. through, like, three of the zones. And then I had the last one to go, and I did that for keck or for fun, right? Like, and it was fun, and it was great, and everything scaling to you is amazing, and I really like that. And they talked about maybe scaling the rest of uh rest of uh, the, the game world to work like that, too. And that would be fucking amazing. Um so you know, I, hey, you know, I'm happy I, I'm with, with that aspect. Yeah. I am with you 100%, right? Like, I think that if they can do the rest of this world scaling, holy shit, that would be awesome, right? Um, but what I will say is that in a world where all of the mobs scale to me, all of the quests scale to me, right? What kind of use is leveling in, in, a, in a, like, a, in like a, a total sense? It, really, to the, the thing it comes down to to me is like PvP and I levels, right? Um, where I kind of almost just, like, weirdly wonder, well, maybe, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. I have, I have a really tough time kind of, like, answering that question to myself. In a world where the whole, uh, you know, everything scales to your level, what, you know, what is the purpose of you having a level in that, you know, in that kind of context, right? Sure. Uh, it's, I, I, I don't have a good answer for that. It's just kind of, like, raised some, uh, some interesting questions. Um, I definitely, um, uh, the, I definitely think that, uh, the world quest system is, is solid, and, uh, and the, the kind of update they have to this garrison system is solid. I think the, I think the power of this garrison system comes a lot in the kind of class quests and the fact that everyone's is different. Um, it feels better to me to manage my my class quests and stuff because my followers are unique to me because I'm a warrior, right? And my class hall is unique to me because I'm a warrior. And this, uh, you know, like, kind of like order chain, this quest chain uh, is unique to me because I'm a warrior. Um, and I like that there's going to be that content for me when I do level, you know, like Gondor, my warlock, right? He's going to have a whole different set of stuff to deal with, right? When I level Sorath, my priest, he's going to have a whole different stuff, uh, you know, uh, level of stuff stuff to kind of deal with and I, and that's very enticing to me um i agree with you though that i wish the, the the missions were more interactive i kind of pitched this idea today to our kind of facebook chat about it but what i think i would love to see is uh these order hall missions um you can uh you know, let, let's say i have a three-hour mission right and i send my guys out to stormheim right to go fulfill this thing to me i think it would be great if when i undertook that mission i got a corresponding world quest and 
you know, and if I complete that world quest, I get a bonus to the mission, effectively, right? And I think that's that's a kind of nice hybridization. I mean, this is just like a completely random recommendation. Anyone at Blizzard, if you're listening, implement this system, right? Um, but that's the kind of thing that I would like to see, right? I think the world, I think the fact that the missions are most um, efficiently handled is on a phone is a little bit telling to how disconnected they are um, from from the kind of the game as 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 a whole yeah but i i think in some ways that's kind of the point like i think it's like there seems to be a lot in this expansion to like really gate how hard like you know if you want to power hard you can but like it, it falls off rapidly like the scaling values and artifact power and like the hard times on research for for artifact knowledge yep. and like and and so it seems to, like you know everybody claims that the, that this expansion is the one that they made for casuals and everything went to shit but and you know honestly i don't think it's so much of a bad thing that like you know the 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 world first raiders are only you know a couple steps ahead of the ca- like the 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 fairly hardcore players are only a couple steps ahead of like the the weekend players are only a couple steps ahead of the the casual players i think that that's good for like being able to develop content that can that can appeal to most of your player base. Um, but um, it feels like the missions are supposed to be there for more casual or supposed to be most uh, utilized by more casual players. The people that can get on for, you know, the dad can get on for 15 minutes, set his order missions and whatever. And I think that while your idea is neat, I think that would kind of undermine the, th- that objective. Like, you know, Oh, I could spend 15 minutes and set my missions, but if I really want to do it, I have to go out into the world. And I feel like the the kind of like reward budget you have to give to that would would throw things off and 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 uh, kind of hurt the system as as I you know interpret it, interpret it as to as to the purpose. I you know I see what you're getting at. Um, I think the principle is kind of like at what point is me not getting that bonus a penalty right Right. to to me right if i can just set this mission when i'm at work right it completes when i'm at work i don't do the you know i don't do the corresponding world quest i don't get the bonus or whatever and that's fine right when i when i look at that i kind of uh you know it doesn't it doesn't bug me but i definitely see how some people could get you know like uh, you know maybe like frustrated right that they are um uh, that they constantly are updating this stuff on their phone, um, but they don't have the you know they don't have the opportunity to get in game and reap those like bonus rewards. Uh, maybe you know you have these hardcore raiders who feel that they need to get every single bonus, and so they can almost literally never log out of the game, right? You know that I, I think that that stuff is kind of the hypothetical downside, um, and is just a matter of uh, 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 tuning uh, yeah. to a certain extent. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really, what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, I think that there needs to be a better interaction um, between, um, you know, uh, the missions and and the world as a whole. Uh, even if it's just, you know, even if it's just something like uh, you, you can also kind of like change this to say, like maybe one of your rewards for your mission is you open up a set of world quests for yourself. Right? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, and I think that that's a pretty easy thing to tune, right? First of all, you don't have to do that mission. If you know, you're not going to be on tonight, there are going to be other missions in your mission inventory that you can complete. That's fine. Um, but if you are on or whatever, right, you can get this mission 
and then all of a sudden now you have six world quests six extra world quests of extra rewards that you can go down and get and if you do have the time to invest in that hypothetically right that's the biggest bang for your buck right yeah and, um, and, and kind of on, on like your, your same suggestion you know like you know, if you could set it at work, and when you come home, you've got six world quests to do. I think that's also a pretty good yeah, version that's, yeah. of the system. One, I am one thousand uh, percent in uh, in that that kind of in that kind of corner. Um, uh, you know, I have to say overall, uh, I do want to. I wanted to open with this, but then we kind of got into the nitty gritty, and I just like lost track of myself. Um, I want to say uh, that I think the 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 reaction to Legion has been very good. I have really only seen positive things um from a lot of players uh that i think were um you know some of them are hardcore players who who kind of like bore the brunt of warlords uh, i didn't quite do that but i definitely played my fair share of warlords um and so uh i i i kind of uh, first of all i think warlords gets a bad rap i think that it's better than people gave it credit for even though it did have some kind of like really really eye-opening problems um uh, but I also am a little bit, I am also a little bit kind of like awe, skeptical of the, the Legion reaction, um, because it's so quick, uh, into the, it's so, it's so into the expansion that I'm not quite sure that I'm, I'm super with, um, uh, yeah. I'm super with people who are like really saying like, oh, this is the best thing since, you know, Wrath, this is the best thing since since Burning Crusade kind of thing. I, man, I really wonder how many of those people are going to be around six months from now. I, I think, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think there's a lot of like, well, at least it's not Warlords type of thing. And I think the yeah. biggest problem with that expansion and the prop, like the, the thing that they're going to have to solve with this expansion is, is, not, is, is not about launch. Or even about like the last few, like you know, I played Warlords at launch and I played it like a month before, before it went, uh, it it closed. And I felt like I got the full Lord, Warlords experience, which is the problem. Like, yeah. um, if there, it, like I even I even did freaking heroic Archimonde once. Yep. Um, and I you know didn't need to do a lot to to be able to do that. Um, I feel like they're gonna need to keep the content pace up, and I think you're right that like. This stuff went very quickly, and, you know, they're already talking about 7.1, and the time scale that that looks like looks good. But then is, is 7.2 and 7.3 and those same types of con, uh, time scales sustainable? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yep, I think that is, uh, although, that's, you know, that's the, that's the big question, I think. Although I, I do think that they've set themselves up to do things in a lot of, like, like uh, to expand a lot of things without a lot of technical effort, if that makes sense. Like adding more world, world world quests is probably not that hard. Adding world quests to different areas of Azeroth. I have never been in an expansion that has asked me to go back to old areas more than this. Um, in some ways, in fun ways, in some ways, in like profession based ways. Like engineering is always a little bit weird. I do engineering mining, but there are mining quests that send you back to the old world as well, which is, is very new. Um, and uh, I think, in, actually, kind of in total, this this expansion, not, not to knock Blizzard, has been a lot of, like, uh, like assets they're reusing. Like, there's Dalaran again. There's, um, you know, like, nothing... There, there's no, like... The only, the, the only really new thing um, in terms of, like, assets is, is, I think, the Nightfall. And they're just, like, slightly lighter Night Elves. Um... And it's not really a problem, but this kind of allows probably more rapid content generation if you want to do that. And if they want to reuse more other things, 
they're more than op- they're they're more than able to do that too. Like, um, the rumor has been that the Stranglethorn fishing or Stranglethorn Vale fishing contest will be a world quest, and so I could see things like, um, literally anything I guess in the in the old world being a a, a, a world quest, which would be I really actually, neat. Yeah, I I that first of all that would be super neat, and I would be. Oh my god, I would be super down for that. Um, one of the things, I, I think that the scaling has um, very good effects in that, you know... So, what, what, what it used to be in, you know, in Warlords, in Mists, right, um, was, uh, you know, you would have sections of a zone kind of, kind of like cordoned off for like level 100 players, and the rest of it was for lower level players. And I think that that is a poor approach. And I think that Blizzard, uh, with this scaling technology, Blizzard really has fixed that problem, right? Where, I, you know, I'm just going to Tanan Jungle every day, and I'm not seeing Spires of Erico, and I'm not seeing, uh, you know, Talador, right? Even in the beginning of Warlords, right, I'm going to all the different zones because I'm getting these scouting reports, and I need my Apexis in order to farm my whatevers, right? Um, but those scouting reports only send me to level 100 specific areas of the map right so i'm not i'm not actually going to you know uh, a, a place where i'm going to interact with like level 90 players uh, in frostfire i'm only going to that kind of blood mall ogre uh stuff at the t- at the very top of frostfire ridge um and so this is a better use of their real estate and it keeps stuff from getting very stale i think uh you know when you have these kind of world quests that are all over the place i'm not re- i'm not repeating the same dailies over and over again um I'm, I'm kind of doing, uh, uh, and by the way, this isn't something that's unique to Warlords, um, uh, uh, Mists also, uh, kind of, uh, indulged in this, uh, for the, you know, for the world quests, or, sorry, for the daily quests that they offered, and I think, to a certain extent, this is almost like a reaction by Blizzard against the, you know, like, just the absolutely massive numbers of repetitive dailies that were coming out as part of Mists of Pandaria, though I will go to bat for those dailies any day of the week, um, I think, uh, but the, but you know, I think that also carries with the downsides. Um, I think if you were to make all of the zones scaling, now all of a sudden you have a ton of level one ten guys. It's gonna make PvP servers uh, just oh, a hell yeah. on earth, right? You know, you you're running you're running uh you know through strangle you know or, or like Stone Talon Mountain right as like a level one ten whatever right I you. These guys, they, maybe maybe a level 104 can fight back against a level 110, right? If he gets like one or two friends to help, or he has enough he has enough health to take one or two shots before he can kind of like use a get like some CC and a getaway spell to like get out of there, kind of thing, right? But one of my least damaging spells is going to one shot anybody in the old world, and that's not a problem that I think is going to be very solvable. And may, you know, maybe by answer, accident too, right? Yeah, like oh you, yeah. Exactly, you know, exactly, right? I've had plenty of times in Warlords where I've been up, you know, I've been fighting a rare mob, uh, and I and I just kind of have to use AOE abilities, or I started the fight by blade storming, and now, you know, there's this level 104 guy, and I'm doing a bunch of damage to him. He can tank a few of my blade storm hits, and as long as I don't, you know, tab target to him and use execute, right, he's fine. Um, but... I, you don't you don't have that option uh, if somebody's just doing regular questing in the old world. Uh, to be honest, I think the answer to this is to expand um, from a, like a PvP perspective um, what is contested and what is not contested. I don't think having um, I don't think having you know southern barrens being a contested zone works in this kind of situation i think you basically have to say that you know all across the you know all across the world uh 
um, you know, these are going to be safe havens for lower level players where they're not good. They don't have to fear that they're going to be just like absolutely annihilated by level one tens doing their world quests every day. Yeah. You, you could also shard it, but that's also a matter of like, you know, how much technical, how yeah, much that, technical yeah. cost is that? But like, you know, like that's, you, there are several solutions to the problem, but none of them are particular, like particularly great. Um, I think the uncontested contested thing, like, I think the shame of that is that, like, level 40 players meeting each other should be able to duke it out type of deal. But, like, the, when, when you're right. When you throw 110s in the mix, that's just not not, not tenable. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're right. There are plenty of systemic answers. There's a systemic answer in something like, you know, maybe you could... Um, if you attack someone who's more than 10 levels lower than you or whatever, uh, you know, that maybe you kind of proc some 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 sort of high-level response, right? They, you know, they, there didn't used to be sanctuaries in World of Warcraft. Um, in, in vanilla WoW, at big, big kind of multi-faction quest hubs, you just had extremely powerful guards that would just, like, shit all over you. Um, in Moonglade or in... Uh, well, hell, say... even, in, even in, like, faction cities, you just had extremely powerful... Like, you know, I remember seeing the old videos of, like, old 40 man raids of iron forge for Kex, like yeah right and, and and to a certain extent i think protecting that kind of thing is pretty okay um you know that that doesn't that doesn't bug me uh all that much um and so and so maybe there's a version of this where it's like okay well you know if you want to use heroic throw and one shot this level 40 shaman fine but you doing that is gonna proc five guards who are gonna fly in on wind riders and just like kick your shit yeah down, you know um, I think that's fine. Uh, you can you can get me for that. Uh, they'll make you know even that has holes because rogues have vanished, right? You know there's there's ways for um, you know hunter, how do how do they deal with hunters who feign death, right? Um, there's uh, uh, there, there's it, it's a problem that would need to be solved, but yeah. it is a system that I definitely think has huge upsides, and I would love to see. Right? Yeah. No. I, absolutely. Um, also, uh, what I. This is this is getting a little too theoretical, but like I think there's also kind of like a you know we'll move to a PVE server solution to this, which is not a great solution, but it is a solution. Yeah, um, I mean you know I, I that kind of stuff to me is like a player based solution. I don't think it's one that they can you know they I, I think it would be wrong for Blizzard to expect that of people, uh, but I definitely think that you know. I wouldn't begrudge any player who responded to this kind of thing by moving to a PvE server. Hell, I mean, honestly, I'm not all that in love with the PvP server in general, right? I'm, I'm fairly down on them, and I would rather be playing on a PvE server if it wasn't for, uh, you know, you guys uh, who do enjoy, like, the PvP or whatever. And I could see a system like that make me go, all right, you know, you, I, I am... I am now. I am now convinced. I am going to, you know, move to Wormrest Accord or something like that. Yep. Yeah. But uh, which sucks. But yeah. You know, it no, is it is. I, I definitely feel that. But uh, we've talked about this oddly specific theoretic for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh. Um, uh, you know, I want to talk about RFX. Um, okay. That's the last system that I want to. That I really want to uh, uh, jump on uh, before we get into kind of lore stuff. Um. Artifacts um, are good. I think they're cool from uh, uh, both from kind of like an item uh, from from like an item lore and kind of like item systems perspective. I think there's a lot to dig into and there's uh, a lot that's very interesting. I think that, um, you know, 
them having this quest chain associated with them is is neat uh and uh you know all the artifact knowledge and getting more lore and all that stuff all that stuff is great um from a systems perspective i also like how artifact power works and i think it feels very good you know the all of the progression that has been um kind of boiled out of the leveling system has been you know placed into the artifact system which is a bit of also kind of why i'm like a little bit questioning like you know what is the real difference between a level 100 and a level 110 person kind of thing right um because uh, if a level 100 person turns off his experience but farms the artifact power he's at the same he's you know he's at the same artifact power kind of thing um but anyway um but the the perspective that really made me just kind of go huh is uh uh someone said that artifact power is basically blizzard's way of reintroducing uh talent trees from vanilla burning crusade uh and wrath of the lich king um, without the same kind of endemic problems that those talent trees uh, would eventually cause. Um, how do you... Can you, can you describe that? those problems for me? That way I'm, I'm clear as to... Oh, uh, so, okay. So, you have, you have vanilla. Uh, the level cap is 60 at level 10. Maybe 15? It was 10. It was okay. At level ten, you earn your first talent point, uh, and then you you know at each level after that, you earn another talent point, right? Um, the, at level seventy, they added another ten, you know, uh, uh, you know levels. You get another ten talent points. Um, at level um, at do level you, eighty, do you want to hold on until the siren goes away. Okay, so this is the this is this is how you know kind of the old talent system used to work, right? You know, we were in vanilla WoW. You've got uh, a level cap of sixty. You start getting talents at level ten, right? So you have fifty-one points of talents. Um, then uh, Burning Crusade comes out, another ten levels. Now you have sixty-one points of talents. Wrath uh, of the Lich King comes out. Now you have uh, uh, seventy-one points of talents. The level cap is eighty, right? And so the problem becomes because the level cap is so high, and the rate at which you gain talents is once every level, right? The value, that worth of each individual talent from Vanilla to Wrath goes down because you're adding twenty extra points in there. Um, so you're, you know, you're decreasing. Uh, uh, the, um, you know, you're decreasing the worth of each individual talent point um, by kind of whatever percentage uh, as you introduce more into the system. This forces you to make worse talents that feel like, that just feel worse, right? You know, one talent point for one point of crit is kind of just whatever, right? Um, and, uh, and the really interesting talents, the talents that do cool things. I was an arms warrior back then, um, and there was a three-talent, uh, there was like a three-point talent, a medium in the tree that said, on each tick of your rend, you activate a use of your overpower, which is otherwise not, you know, usable or whatever. That's, that is a fundamental core talent to that arms tree, right? And that's, how, and that's what helped make, you know, like arms cool and interesting and it was uh you know it was like a fundamental part of their rotation and everything like that um but then there's also five you know at the bottom of that tree right you know there's five talents that say um increase your attack speed by one percent right do i feel that do i i really feel they're you know filler points yeah exactly right and so um and so then you get to cataclysm where blizzard realizes that there's a lot of these filler points and they say okay instead of getting a talent every level you get a talent every other level that allows us to chop the points in half put some power back into the points um but that's really not a, first of all it's not a long-term solution because they're going to keep raising the level cap and second of all it's also kind of not really a solution um because 
the just the vast number of uh, talents forces it from being kind of a choice-based thing to a calculations-based thing, where you say this is from a calculations perspective the most valuable, you know, the, the set of talents that I can kind of create. And so once Blizzard kind of realized that the talent trees weren't fostering the kinds of choices that they were uh, hoping from them, they made the really, really big switch, which came in uh, Miss of Pandaria. In Miss of Pandaria, talents change to you get one talent every 15 levels. And um, uh, the each, each talent tree, like each talent tier you have one of three different choices right and all of those choices typically share some kind of theme right maybe they're defensive talents maybe it's you know what kind of cc do you want to uh what kind of cc do you want to have or whatever and that system for talents has endured uh through uh mr pandaria to warlords to uh you know to what we see now um in legion um i think that the legion version of talents by the way is the best version of talents because they are super spec specific the first iteration of talents were generalized across the entire class which created some very weird interactions because when you have to balance a talent tree for paladins who can be a tank a healer and a melee dps you get into really awkward territory with what those talents can kind of individually do um but the problem is you do lose that kind of um you know that like level so so that so this is the problem with you know, this is the problem with talent trees in general right um the, the they're full of this filler right and their calculations more than they are uh choices right um and so that's the problem that, that gets solved in Miss of Pandaria. The, 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 the bad, the downside to Miss of Pandaria, though, is there's now 15 levels where you're gaining new abilities, I guess, but you're also kind of not really gaining much else. They also got rid of spell ranks um, so that you no longer have to kind of go to your class trainer, burn a whole bunch of gold, buying, uh, d like, different rank-ups on, on your spells, which was uh, vanilla, wrath, uh, you know, burning crusade kind of things. Um, and then also don't have to deal with, like, low casting for for whatever reason like i remember i remember back in vanilla like casting the lower ranks of like the heels was more yeah. mana efficient or whatever and that was yep was, was, uh and so uh uh and so we, we, when you get rid of that you're getting rid of a lot of the stuff that players look look to you know now all of a sudden i have to level from level one to level 90 right um which is a ton of levels but i'm getting less rewards on a level by level basis kind of thing um and that and that sucks um in legion uh where you now have artifact power and importantly artifact power is decoupled from experience um you can now do these huge huge talent tree things um even if they are a little bit calculation e in general i don't think that that's all that bad because because you've uncoupled artifact power from um, the kind of leveling scheme and there is a softer cap on it than there is a harder cap on it, it doesn't feel all that bad to fill out. You know, the expectation with an artifact is that you fill out the entirety of a tree, right? With talents, you only had 71 points, right? And you could only allocate those 71 points in, you know, in this specific subset of, of ways or whatever. Um, and that kind of sucks because, you know, each point really has to justify itself. But with artifact power, you can afford to take this filler stuff and it doesn't feel and you know it doesn't feel nearly as bad or as terrible um as it uh, as it used to kind of with with uh uh talent tree with like the old the old iteration of talent trees sorry that was really long-winded but i did want to like fully explain no that's, that's that's absolutely fair and, and i think um i think that 
you know, to, to get back to your original question, I, I think that this does kind of, like, solve that kind of problem. I do think that, like, there are, there are a lot of um, fillery-feeling artifact talents, but I think that that's fine. Um, I think that there's... I think there's, like, less maybe to do with the, the particular progression of artifacts and more maybe to do with, like, there seems to be, like, more progression systems in general in Legion. Like, you've got your standard eye-level grind. You've got your PvP talent grind, which you can then prestige and infinitely do. You've got your artifact knowledge, or, you know, your artifact level grind. You've got, um, potentially multiple, multiple artifact level grinds if you're doing multiple specs. You've got, um, you know, your profession grind, which is, like, not, it's not nearly as easy to cap out your professions as it is, was, and... I have mixed feelings about that. Um, the only one that's easy to cap out, I, weirdly enough, is, is fishing because even though it, it's it, it doesn't proc at every hit, you've got a you've got other ways to to deal with that. But like, it, I think that these are all kind of like meant to give you a bunch of things to do over a longer period of time. And I think that in general, that kind of like expansion of content is good. Um, and I think ultimately it'll give the game longer legs. Um, I think it also does like, especially like artifact power in particular does this kind of like tail end taper off thing where like, if it is, if you want to be on the bleeding edge, you can like, like go like a madman, but there's also catch up mechanics if you don't. Um, yep. And so, like, like I said before, the super hardcore are only ever a couple steps ahead of the ne uh, of the tier below that. And, you know, there's there's only maybe, like, you know, eight to ten steps between the, the most hardcore and, and the fairly casual, which I think is good for both, one, giving the people who want to really drive for something, something to push for, and keeping the people that are more casual within sight of, of, all, of, of everybody else as well. Yeah, I you know I I'm I'm with that 110. percent um, The one the one gripe I have with artifacts, and I'm sure that this will kind of come down in time, is I think that artifact appearances are a little bit too standardized, and I would really like to see um, uh, a wider variety of artifacts. It, it's one thing that I can customize artifact appearances, but I think it's a little bit tough. Um, you know, like you know the the a lot of the exp uh, um, appearances are kind of gated behind harder objectives uh to to accomplish and i think it would be a little bit cooler if there was a wider range of more accessible uh appearances but let's like you know i mean like i said that this is kind of like small fish small fish stuff um i do want to say that i like professions i like profession quests um and i like the the more focused uh progression on them uh i've been, i've played every launch since uh wrath of the lich king um i've actually played Every launch, I, I the Wrath of the Lich King is the only launch I never played in World of Warcraft, um, and I and I can verify that um, skilling up between uh, like skilling up as as expansions have have gone by has been a lot easier 
Um, there's always like a big gate in the beginning of the game because nobody has any of the mats, right? And so it allows me to do things like make hundreds of thousands of gold by cornering the Elementium market in, in you know, the opening weeks of Cataclysm, right? Um, but things stabilize fairly quickly. Um, the, the, the dynamics of the crafting system as we have it today seem to be, to me, the most robust version of them. Um, I thought crafting was an absolute travesty in Warlords. It's one of the worst things that they did uh, in Warlords of Draenor. Um, and, I'm, and I'm excited to see that they're, you know, you, you can't just, you know, get to, uh, get to max level crafting in by, you know, by spamming whatever, you know, whatever the, the easiest kind of thing is over and over again, right? Um, yeah. No. Which, I think is, which I think is the kind of best version. Yeah, um, I'm a little conf like, um, may maybe I'm missing it, but it feels like in like the kind of like last fifty to thirty levels of a profession, it's actually kind of hard to get that number up. And I don't like, I don't like, other than like doing the Dark Moon Fair quests every month, it doesn't seem like there's a lot to be able to push that forward, unless the 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 intended purpose is to make you spam green level recipes until you hit eight hundred, which would be like. I, I think that'd be terrible. I mean, you know, to be completely honest, I actually think that that design is good. Um, I think having professions be something you really have to dedicate and work towards is a good version of the game. Um, I, you know, I could see a different, I, you know, honestly, this is something that appeals to me personally. And if I was a little bit more focused on it, um, it would be my, you know, like it would be my focus. Um, I think there's something to be said for someone who's kind of a casual professions guy, uh, versus someone who's like a really hardcore dedicated professions guy. Um, in older expansions, this used to be about the kind of, um, the other recipes that would like be drops, right? Like everybody gets their recipes off of trainers, right? So there's that kind of thing. But if you are like the professions guy, you had to do raids and you had to get the professions that dropped off of bosses in raids in order to say, you know, I am better. I am a step above, right? The professions are something I really dedicate myself towards, right? Um, and I think gating that behind rating, ra er, sorry, rating is is a bad thing. Um, but having a, a, a version of professions where those last 30 levels are very hard for a casual player to kind of get up to, I, it, it creates the space for me where if I am a professions guy and all I want to do are professions right and i want to be the you know the best blacksmith on the fucking server um that that feels good i think that's a that's a solid solid uh uh, uh model to to attain for blizzard i i i agree with you in concept the issue the issue i have with with but with what i what i said in particular is that grinding green level recipes is not i think satisfying in that way especially because there's so much dependence on rng of the skill up if you wanted to tell me like the way you you got you got your skill ups or like these ornate recipes that require a lot of dedication like a lot of math but you definitely got the skill up i think i'd agree with you or or something like that like dedicated quests that you had to do a lot of work for to kind right. of get a skill up but like having to do like a hundred greens and like rely on dice rolls to hit those those level ups i think is is not not great you know, I have to say, I uh, I do agree with you in, in that in that uh, in that context. Um, I think that there's a certain forgivingness to it in Legion because you know, even if I am crafting greens over and over again, uh, like I, I I I'm not I'm no longer in that position of 
I am spamming greens and then just vendoring them because nobody, you know, like nobody wants to buy them anymore, right? Now I can burn those for obliterum dust um, or whatever in order to earn. Oh, my that's obliterum. fair. And I think that that I think that that's a solid system overall. But I definitely do think that it kind of has the fundamental weakness that you're that you're talking about. Um, so, so I, I think th I think you're absolutely right. I think the problem right now at this moment is that obliterum's locked behind. Uh, the the, uh, the the bracers quest that no yeah. one can get done. I mean, and you know, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you, and and I think you're right. I think that the uh, I think that it it feels much better if I have to hardcore grind and find really tough mats in order to make a guarantee. You know, in order to make one guaranteed skill up, right? Um, I think that is more satisfying than you know getting relatively attainable mats, but spamming a green recipe. Even though the even though the end result of that green recipe is all this obliterum dust that is also very useful to me, um, I think the RNG behind that stuff just sucks in general and i would rather have the kind of dedicated version of it than the rng mm. um, speaking of terrible rng and professions there's one thing i have to point out and it's okay. fucking nomi the god like the the chef <laughs> yeah. like so for those of you that don't know the way that you get new cooking recipes in uh in legion past like the opening six is uh, Nomi, the panda that you trained back in Pandaria, is an adult now, and he's a real chef, and you give him mats, and he attempts to develop recipes for you, and they're on a four-hour research timer, um, and you give him five of a resource, and, like, it feels like 95-plus percent of the time he burns the food, and you don't get anything out of it, um, and that feels really, really bad, and... I feel like it'd even be better if, like, you know, if there were more materials needed and it was a longer timer, but, like, you were, you had a much higher chance of getting something than just, to like, every three hours go back and be like, oh, another pile of burnt shit that vendors for nothing and I can't advance my cooking in any way. Oof. You know, interestingly, I think I have a better solution. Okay. Uh, to me, I think what you should do is you should give Nomi these generalized mats and he gives you, maybe, you know, I don't think he gives you a full stack, right? Like, I don't think that your your source of meals should be Nomi or whatever, uh, but maybe he gives you a meal, right? And and he RNGs, and, you know, and he RNGs the meal uh, and sometimes that RNG will proc a, a recipe with it, right? Um, so I think it does kind of, uh, it, it does kind of two things. It allows you, uh, it, I, it feels good to me to get, even if I'm just getting one drug bar salmon, that's going to last me an hour, right? Less than that, because I'm going to get ganked and die and lose the buff and have to reapply it. Right. Spending five lean shanks and four hours of Nomi's time to get one of those. That seems about right to me. That seems fine. Um, and then coupling a proc onto that, um, is better than getting burned bullshit that vendors, right? Yeah, um, I agree. I think, uh, I think getting something that's actually useful, e even it, like, really what I'm saying is you get something that's useful, you just get it at very, very low amounts, right? You get it at a very slow rate. Uh, I think that's the that's the name of the game uh, uh, from uh, from my perspective, at least. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that, that could work out, right? Like, you, you get, a, you know, the, the lore reason is like, ah, I'm I'm master of this recipe. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but you know this this is I've come up with this drug bar style salmon, and uh, you know uh, here's a test dish, but it's not perfect yet, so I can't give you the recipe. Yeah, exactly. That would be that would be mm, perfect as far as I'm concerned. No. Um, even make it like if you wanted to, you could even make it like a slightly underpowered version, like experimental, whatever. Not important, but you know, yeah, I, I think I do think that is a good solution. Um, 
But, you know, at this point, it's infuriating and kind of like, well, <laughs> um, you know, I at least have hundreds of fish to throw into the uh, to, to, to throw into Nomi. So I, I'm not feeling it from the material standpoint. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, there's that. Um, I think this is probably a good time to to uh, jump into uh, spoiler territory. Do you agree? Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So here's your warning loyal listeners spoilers for the story of legion from this point out stop listening if you do not want to hear spoilers uh all right so i assume you want to talk about the what actually happens in the questing and the different uh, areas? yes yes so I, I definitely want to talk about what actually happens in the questing in the different areas the first thing i want to say uh from like from a spoiler perspective is i appreciate how much they are pandering <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like um, something that bugs something that bugs me a little bit about mists. Uh, something that bugs me a little bit about warlords is they felt uh, like the lore gas pedal was very off. Um, those two expansions were untied, unshackled from kind of like the greater context of the Warcraft universe um, in a lot of ways because. Um, uh, you know, for, for, uh, so obviously with Mr. Pandaria, right? Nobody had left Pandaria except for the Wandering Isle or whatever. So the only real lore thing you can kind of rely on there is Chen Stormstout uh, is in, you know, is in one mini campaign in Warcraft 3 and Pandaren Brewmasters are uh, are there, right? And so there's a lot of lore to be created. You know, there, there's a lot of lore to be kind of created um, down in Pandaria. I appreciate, by the way, that there's a lot of faction stuff going on and that it advances kind of the faction storyline uh, really more so than any other expansion. Uh, maybe Wrath did. Uh, Varian Rin coming back is a pretty big deal. But, um, you know, the bosses that you fight Right. These are these are not bosses uh, that we we've known about. Right. Even the Thunder. You're like the Thunder King is cool. I like the Isle of Thunder. I think that that's awesome. Um, But, uh, uh, you know, he's he's nowhere in lore until Mists of Pandaria. And I think that, you know, that's cool. And you have to do that. You have to blend that kind of stuff in in order to make MMOs uh, in order to make MMOs work. Right. Um, And Blizzard can't keep kind of like farming their own, you know, their own kind of like lore uh, 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 fields forever. Um, but I appreciate that in Legion, you know, huge name lore characters are back in business, right? You know, you've got Illidan, you've got fucking, uh, you've got Cadgar, you've got Teralyon, um, you've got, uh, you've got, uh, Gul'dan, right? Like, you know, Gul'dan is like, he died, you know, he dies in Warcraft through, but his presence is felt through like the entirety of lore. He is the yeah. biggest name warlock that there ever was. Um, and so, and so I really appreciate that they're willing to kind of go balls deep and say, you know what, we're pulling out all the stops. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to just harvest all of this juicy lore um, so that you can finally kind of interact with it, which is, uh, you know, the Emerald Nightmare, Xavius, uh, uh, all of that stuff is, uh, you know, it, it's uh, as Shara, like you know, like that—that story yeah, that mean, we've been waiting for. Uh, to be honest, to, to be honest, uh, I haven't gone deep into as Shara. Azuna is the one zone I haven't finished effectively. Uh, I have a little bit of like ancillary questing to do in Valshara, but I've finished Stormheim, High Mountain, um, and like the main quest lines in in Valshara. And uh, uh, but yeah, you know, exactly like right, like as Shara, as Shara has been the biggest looming threat 
um, to the entire, uh, to like, she's kind of like the last one, to be honest. Um, you know, Deathwing is dead. The Lich King is dead. Uh, you know, Illidan was obviously, uh, kind of beaten. Uh, Kill Jaden was also, you know, kind of beaten back. We just killed Archimonde, yeah. right? You know, so once Kill Jaden and Sar, it's like, it's, you know, there's kind of this like trifecta. It's like Kill Jaden, um, Sargeras, um, and, uh, and as Shara are like the big, 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 big lore, lore baddies left, um, that haven't been like otherwise kind of created. I guess Nazoth is also true. Um, we've dealt with Cthulhu and we've dealt with Yog Saran, um, and Nazoth is the old god that is in the middle of the ocean. Well, the uh, Void Lords, buddy. Ooh. Oh yeah, and then there's the Void Lords who've been yeah uh, alluded to. You know, they're, they're, yeah, alluded to. Yeah, like they're they're in. Uh, I, I like to call, like it's not B canon really, but it's like it's book canon rather than game canon and game canon is what's really on people's minds most of the time yeah um and you know and the old gods aren't really in game canon as much um at least not yet i feel like that's that's kind of like what one of the later things to do like um you know wait you don't think old gods are in game canon i don't think they're as like the old gods as kind of like what they are as kind of like like they're eternal war with the titans is only really fresh fleshed out in like the chronicle right and uh yeah but i mean so just like to put the, it in the old gods right? definitely show up but like i'm talking about kind of like their 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 cosmic kind of their cosmic the, the cosmic implications yeah sure uh i mean so you know i think the old gods have been around and have been kind of under you know, the old gods obviously don't factor into outland at all but you know you have Cthun um in vanilla wow who literally is an old god that you obviously go kill um in wrath yog saran is you know he's super yeah know, he's, he's super ingrained um cataclysm the only reason deathwing is as he is is because of the old gods and like the big other threat to you know kind of cataclysm stuff is the twilight's hammer which is the cult that reveres uh you know like that reveres the old right gods. so, so um, like it's kind of and that point, how, you know, in mists, right? Like all of the Shaw stuff is tangentially, you know, old God stuff, right? Uh, because of but that's, Yasharaj. But that's kind of my point, right? Like the the Shaw stuff is like technically an old God's thing, but I don't think that's really in the forefront of what's happening in the game. It's like people are like negative emotions caused the Shaw, and that's bad. And like that connection to the the old gods is there, but it's not really like at the forefront of the game. Similarly with um, Cataclysm, I don't think a lot of people, like, you know, Deathwing is, is, is an evil dragon, and I think that's enough for most people, as it were. I, I don't think that, like... Oh, man. Yeah, I really don't agree with that. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, it's, you know, it's a little bit... For instance, the final fight in Deathwing uh, is he, you know, he dives into the, you know, the maelstrom and kind of pops out as this great molten-tentacled monstrosity, right? Uh, the Twilight's Hammer is, like, the single... Uh, they're, they're the bad guy that you fight most often in kind of the Cataclysm leveling content. Cho'Gall um, and the Twilight bastion uh is obviously all about uh you know kind of like old god stuff uh coming to fruition i guess you know you have ragnaros uh in the firelands who's not really old gods related i don't know I, I, uh, cataclysm looms very large in an old god's perspective from me um just because of uh, uh you know i like i think i think that there are kind of like these three great big bads uh you have the old gods you have the burning legion and you have the lich king um like the scourge right. and uh and cataclysm is 100% an old gods expansion. 
um, from my perspective. Okay, that's 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 fair. Um, yeah, I, I to be fair, I, I never played during Cataclysm directly, so may, maybe I'm just missing full context. But the old gods always seem to me to be kind of like a well, we should have some Lovecraft in here, so let's sprinkle a little bit a little bit of it on, and then they kind of like backtracked and made them a real thing a little bit a little bit later. Yeah, I yeah I see what you're getting at. Um, I think Chronicle, which is the Warcraft hardcover novel book, not novel, uh, just like big, it's like a coffee table book kind of. I have it behind me. Um, it, it goes it goes a long way to explaining kind of what what is going on with the old gods. For a long time, to be honest, uh, it was very um, up in the air about what you know. We knew that there were a bunch of old gods, right? We knew that Cthulhu and then Yogg-Saron, right? And then we know that there are others, um, but until Hearthstone, I don't believe we had the name for Nazoth, who is the old god in the middle of the ocean. Um, and uh, uh, we didn't. Al we also didn't have Yasharaj uh, uh, until Mists. Uh, and Yasharaj is like so important too. If you actually like read Chronicle. Um, because it's when the Titans show up and kill Yasharaj that, that, that's what creates the Well of Eternity, which is what attracts the Burning Legion in the first place, effectively. Um, so, you know, there's, a, there's is, a lot going on. Is that the one where, like, the, the Titan spikes the Old God, essentially? Like, the, there's, there's a story where somebody pulls, like, one, one of the Titans pull, straight up pulls the Titan out of the ground and it, like, causes problems. So, um, so you know, Azeroth is like a, a baby titan, right, um, right, right, or whatever, and uh, and so that means that there's a lot of like arcane energy, kind of like seething beneath the surface. That's why there are ley lines and shit like that. Um, but when uh, when the titans showed up, the most powerful old god uh, of like the Black Empire was Yasharaj, and so they just killed Yasharaj. But when he died, he ripped a hole in Azeroth itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like the titan, the titan pulled him out of Azeroth, which is what caused the problem, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yes, that is what I'm referring to. Okay. Um, um, isn't there also like an old god in like Darkshore that has the giant spear sticking through it that no one knows who it is? Uh, I don't know that that's an old god. Uh, it's it's unclear in a lot of senses whether that stuff is old god or faceless ones. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, you know, for instance, for a long time, people thought there was an old god under Tira's Fall, um, which has only recently been, um, uh you know, explained as the Titan Keeper Tear Because it's died. Tears full. Yeah, 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 I know, right? I can't, when I put that together, like, you know, my mind was just like, for like eight minutes straight. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, and, uh, but, you know, there's, there's lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, faction stuff, how do you feel? You, you said, this is the first time I get to talk about Stormheim, so I'm like, into it. Um, you said, uh, uh, some harsh things about Sylvanas after you finish. Oh, I fucking quest. hate Sylvanas so much. <laughs> yeah, do you wanna, like you I want to start uh, a hash. I want to start a hashtag on Twitter that's just like not not my war chief. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like so, when broken chores happens and like you know Sylvanas gets named the war chief, I'm like okay, they're gonna turn a new page on Sylvanas. She's gonna like be a war chief and she's gonna prove everybody wrong that she's not some crazy bitch. And then she goes and she fucking makes a deal with the fucking, you know, Lady Death or whatever. What's her name again? Helia? Helia. Yeah. Goes and makes a deal with Helia and goes fucking tries to like. What, what, what she like she like uses a lantern to like like bind so a, of a... I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit salty about this because I did I did Stormheim with a big group and I missed some of this context but in my readings after the fact it seems as though 
Sylvanas went to Helia and made a deal with Helia that gave the lantern, and then she was using the lantern to bind uh, the kind of demigod Ayur or like Einhar or something. Right. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and she was going to use Einhar in order to create more Valkyr for herself, in order to create more Forsaken for herself. Um, obviously, uh, the the lantern gets stolen by Gen Greymane, who smashes it uh, as part of his. Uh, you know, quest for vengeance against Sylvanas. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's like, Sylvanas, like, just doesn't, like, these aren't, like, the types of decisions you can make unilaterally, right? Like, a, a, as an organization. But, by the way, I think Stormheim as a region kind of, like, falters in its split focus between being, like, a throwback to, like, or, you know, being, like, half Viking, half, like, Inter interfaction conflict. Um, I oh, really? I, okay. I think it'd be much better. I think it would be, have been better to f to have each of them separately focus on on a thing, or maybe have like this the the horde lines conflict spread throughout the zones rather than just being like half of Stormheim. Um, I I just uh, like Sylvanas bothers me because it's just like oh boy, there's Sylvanas going and doing something that's terrible again. Um, you know, like, oh man, I just so here's the thing. I don't, I don't, uh, this is my favorite kind of thing. Oh, my oh, favorite thing in Warcraft, right? Uh, I think faction conflicts are at their most interesting when they are not straightforward, right? When they, uh, when they are, you know, there's there's a lot of kind of complications and there's kind of like no right answer. Um, I don't think Sylvanas is entirely in the wrong. I think, you know, I think to so I, I empathize. Empathize is kind of the wrong word, but I get it, right? You know, I get what she's going for, and I think that there's, uh, you know, there's there's logic to that, and I think that to a certain extent, yeah, you know, like the Forsaken, right? As a race, uh, you know, if she uh, uh, if she wants to keep the Forsaken as a race, she's gonna have to create, you know, in order she's gonna have to create more undead in order to do that, and I think that you know, man, I get that. I don't know that it's quite, you know, if ask, that's a that's a tough moral question, right? Clearly, being forsaken is to invite a, a good amount of pain among your, your to yourself, right? Um, I don't, I don't so, like, I, see. I, I, don't, I don't like you know. I I get why like you know. I get why she's doing it. I also get why like uh, I I don't know. Like I get why Stalin just threw you know all of his people at the front line. Doesn't make it great, right? Like I think very clearly you making a deal with the devil and attempting to fucking uh what, what's the word i'm looking for subjugate a demigod is obviously the wrong thing to do especially when you're the war chief and your actions have implications for the entire horde rather than just for you know like i would have much less of a problem with this if she was still just the fact the the leader of of, of the of the un, of the forsaken but she's the war chief now, and her actions have ramifications for everyone. And this is just another. I I, I just think she's going to be in another garage. Somebody pe somebody who ends up doing something unforgivable, um, and ends up getting killed at the end of the expansion or something. Like um, like I, you know, I understand why Garrosh did yeah. what Garrosh did, right? Um, he wanted power and he wanted to make the horde strong. That doesn't justify like absorbing the heart of an old god and like killing pandas. Um, I, I want to save my, I have, I have a lot of also complicated thoughts about Garage, who I think is worse overall. Um, but I want to save that for when we do our promised lorgasm on World of Warcraft, uh, lore in its kind of like greater entirety. Um, but for Sylvanas, um, 
Yeah, so I get that, right? But so, you know, I, I kind of am almost coming from it from this perspective of, like, listen, right? Like, I don't think it's right for Stalin to just, like, overwhelm the Nazi troops by saying, all right, I'm just going to put more soldiers on the field and I'm going to put them into this great meat grinder of the Nazi Blitzkrieg war machine and hopefully I'll be able to slow them down enough that we can turn the tide, right? I don't think that that's, you know, that's not, like, a good decision or whatever, but I don't think the alternative, you know, like, the moral decision in that situation has very rough consequences like you know that that has tough consequences um in the context of uh you know maybe russia loses the war if he doesn't do that so it's a terrible thing i mean ulysses grant did the exact same thing you know for the for the north in the civil war um and he got to be president because of it um but you know i i I don't think that that's a you know it's not a black and white kind of thing and i think that it's i think that it's similar for the forsaken but it's also harder for the forsaken because like you know raising people from the dead that's that's you know how who gave you that right sylvanas right like how good is that is that i mean at what point am i allowed to say you know it's wrong for you to be, you know, killing these people and raising them for the dead and then adding them to, to the forsaking because they have nowhere else to go, right? At what point is that wrong? But also at the same time, like, at what point is that right? You know, like, death is, like, the greatest thing that people fear, right? If, I, if I'm if i offered a second chance at life, I, who am I to tell Sylvanas that she's not allowed to give that to people? It's so complicated. I really See, have so, no... So my, my problem is that, like... Again, it's mostly the position that she's sitting in for this, right? Like, and she's acting unilaterally, right? Like, you can see the nobleness of what Illidan does, um, because you know he kind of goes out on his own and he sacrifices himself. And you know, Illidan's a complicated character too, but like, you see like the heroic intention in that, yeah, right. Illidan didn't take all of the night elves, or you know, didn't like take, or was it like leader of the night elves? And commit a war crime, um, by uh, it, to turn himself into a demon. That's something he did on his own. If Sylvanas is acting on her own, if Sylvanas is just acting as the leader of the Forsaken, because this is the thing that the Forsaken can survive, that works. But you've you, you've you know involved like all the rest of the population. The orcs don't need to be resurrected, right? Like they they can breed more baby orcs, right? And you've fucking put their entire society at risk, um, against a justifiably vengeful fucking alliance led by Gen Greymane, and you've made this worse for what what is, like, a, a personal objective, essentially. Yeah. I mean, you know... And, and that, I, that, that's what pisses me off about that. Though, I, I also think that the same kind of thing applies to Gen Greymane. Look, I think Gen Greymane, man, I really feel... Gen Greymane is great. Gen Greymane is also, like, very in for me, which is he's one of those guys where uh, I like him a lot because his actions are de- deplorable, but the... the uh, he the context of his situation is very forgiving. Um, you know, he never, you know, like he never asked for it. He's just trying to do the best thing for his people, right? And then Garrosh orders Sylvanas to invade Gilneas, right? And she does, and she, you know, unleashes this plague, you know, like, and uh, and takes from him his home, right? Like the one thing that he's been trying his entire life to protect, right? His home and uh, his is, son. Is, his home and his son, and she kills. Uh, she, she, you know, she levels one of them, and she kills the other, right? And so, Gen Greymane, right, wanting to effectively deny, you know, uh, you know, 
basically, it, this is like a kind of like roundabout indirect genocide to a certain extent, right? By preventing them from continuing on as a, spe you know, whatever species you, know, see, you might say. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's hardcore, right? But I gotta get that, man. Yeah, sure. Gang see, I don't think Gangreyman's in the, like, you know, if Sylvanas' thing was is like, oh, I made a deal with Helia and I've got this lantern that, like, produces... Right, like you know, produces uh, what? What are they called? Um, the Forsaken. The the yeah, it produces Forsaken. Produces the, the the I can't remember the name of the ghost ladies that 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 do it. Oh, Valkyrie. Yeah, Valkyrie. You know, like you know, volunteers step up. She turns them into Valkyrie, and Gang Greymane's like, no, no Forsaken. It slaps down of her hand and stomps on it. Right, like then Gang Greymane's an asshole to me. Right, but she is using it to subjugate a demigod. She's using it to like bind a sentient being to her will, which is like, it's straight up slavery. Right, like, and and you know, I, and you're never gonna. There's no way in hell you're gonna tell me that. Just like, because here's the thing, though. Just because she is, you know, just because she is. This is what I love about this stuff, by the way. Just because she is committing, you know, this terrible act, right, enslaving this demigod, right, in order to do what is legitimately, right, like the best thing for her specific people, if not the greater people to which she is uh, responsible or whatever. Um, you know, yeah, like, so does the fact that she is doing this terrible thing exonerate Greymane of also, you know, like, two wrongs don't make that right in my, you know, like, in my view, almost. Um, not to mention the fact that, you know, Gen Greymane isn't, this, is, this isn't coming out of nowhere, right? Gen Greymane's vengeance starts with Varian Rin at the Broken Shore, and he, you know, he is coming after Sylvanas with everything at his power, even though he's not technically High King, right? You know, Anduin, I think, technically is. Um, the... He he is doing just as much to exacerbate the conflict between the Horde and the Alliance as Sylvanas is. Arguably, Sylvanas is actually doing less, right? She, she's not the one that, you know, like, attacked the fleet with, like, the Skyfire and all this other kind sure. of stuff. You know, this, is, this is Gen Greymane coming after her specifically because of his personal thing of, she killed my kid. All right, so you know what? You could sell me on, like, his acts of war are are bad actions but you can't you will never be able to sell me that him breaking the lantern is a bad action right? oh interesting okay like, i mean like fair enough i guess like it's it's like that right there is is what like i, I don't think gen Greymane is perfect i think in a lot of ways gen Greymane, from his perspective is justified in a lot of what he wants to do and how he feels about the the, the forsaken and the horde um, especially since the Forsaken have had several other moments in history where, like, things have gotten away from Sylvanas. Um, I just recently rewatched the cutscene um, from Wrath, where, like, that rogue faction of Forsaken literally bombed the shit out of everybody. Um, yep. And so, you know, I think that all, like, you can make arguments there. I think you could also say that King Greyman's an asshole. That's fair. But I don't think the part where he takes the thing that she's using to bind a demigod as her slave and breaks that, I don't think you can ever sell me on that being a bad thing to do even like you know even if it's it is kind of like you know like even if it do even if it's the only thing even if it dooms the entire forsaken race to you know extinction i don't think that justifies enslaving a sentient being Oof, fair enough i guess um, i mean yeah i also this is also really complicated because the you know in the context of um you know at what point are undead you know a race that deserves to be you know like are you committing genocide if you kill the undead who are all? They already got yeah, that, one that, life. Exactly. You, they, so it really, yeah, like this, this, this is, is so. This, this is straight up like this is also straight up like a, a trolley problem 
right? Like, do you fl- oh, do you true. flip the switch and have the trolley hit the hit the lantern, or do you have it run over all of the Forsaken, right? Like, um, and this is an argument we've had off off yeah. cast for <laughs> long periods of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for uh, for uh, for the listeners, just to make my 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 status clear i think i'm for the trolley problem where you do murder the one person instead of murdering the five people i i right? don't think you have any right That's... to flip the switch i i'll i'll, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll provide I'll, I'll link a video with an over a synopsis of the trolley problem for people who are not <laughs> not not familiar i didn't know about the trolley problem until you uh until you uh kind of challenged me on it but yeah to me you know the you know you, look, it's a gruesome thing, man. It's rough, but you got you got to do what you got to do, right? Like, you know, um, man, I think I, this is what I love about WoW lore. Um, you know, especially as like an RP, it really creates a lot of opportunities to bounce off of this stuff, right? Uh, I think Garrosh is, you know, uh, to to kind of draw the comparison. I think Sylvanas and Garrosh are kind of fulfilling a similar kind of function. By the way, Varian fulfilled the exact same function in Wrath of the Lich King for Alliance players. Um, where, you know, it challenges how members of the Alliance deal with the fact that they're being led by someone they disagree with. Uh, and that creates for a lot of, you know, kind of like interesting dynamic RP. I think the the intention behind Garrosh was very cool, uh, and I would have liked to see it executed better than what we ended up getting uh, in, in game specifically. Out of game, it's a little bit better. Um, but uh, we'll save. I guess we'll save that for our kind of our, our overview lore uh, Lorecraft uh, episode. Yeah, but, but before we close it, I did have a couple of one of basic things I did want to say about the other three zones. Sure. Um, I thought that Valshara had an amazing. I think it had the best full storyline. Um, yep. I think that story was cool. I thought it was great. Um, I agree. Um, and I, I definitely recommend. It. I think High Mountain had. High Mountain was my favorite, but that's because of all the side content. I thought the main storyline was, fi- frankly, kind of, like, boring and rote. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I just thought, like, you know, gather the tribes, defeat the big evil guy. Okay. Like, it's not bad. It's just plain. Um, and I thought that Ajara... Um, how much of, uh, of Azuna have you done, rather? She's mm, not all that much. Uh offhand i've done you know like i did some stuff with the blue dragon flight i did some stuff with the illidari right off the bat yeah uh i, I think i haven't, haven't really gone deeper than that i i think that's kind of i think it's part of the problem is that there's a split between there's it opens with the illidari stuff there's some blue dragon stuff and but the main focus is supposed to be the court of Ferrandis, which is um essentially a group that opposed queen ashara when um when it had when when she decided to like uh, uh, open Fuck the portal, everybody. yeah. Which is yeah. and and like, she cursed them to live like to live forever as spirits, and uh, his people, uh, Ferrandis is, is is the prince. His people hate him for it, um. And so like a lot of a lot of the storyline is about like you know, oh maybe he didn't act like you know like maybe he made the right decision after all, um. But like I feel like there's just it's just not given enough development time. I think it's really interesting and also like you know. You don't ever see as Shara. I assume that she'll be a bigger thing in some later content patch. But like, I feel like the, the kind of big build up to like, um, to to, to like f- like doing st- stuff with the Shara is uh is missing. I, there might be a moment where you see her briefly, but she's not like a big thing that happens. Right. Yeah, I feel that. Um, you know, uh, I, I haven't been as, as in, in Azuna yet. Um, I think Azuna suffers because it is the least kind of tethered to tangible lore. Um, it seems very tethered to me to kind of like book lore. Like, you know, the War of the Ancient stuff happened and you get into it a little bit in like now obsolete Cataclysm content. 
Um, but for the most part, the uh, the War of the Ancients stuff happened in the background of Warcraft 3 and then in, in a bunch of absolutely god-awful novels, um, which are fucking god-awful, by the way. Just oh, boiled garbage. Just, oh, oh God. Um, and so uh, and so the, the, the tether is weak in comparison to like, look, man, I've been dealing with Malfurion Storm Rage for, you know, forever, right? I know Malfurion. I know Toronto Whisperwind. I know that the, you know, the Emerald Nightmare is a thing. Um, uh, I know who, you know, Ysera is. I get that, right? Stormheim even, right? Like, you know, I've dealt with the Vrykul before. I did Ulduar. I know what the Ulduar content is like, right? I know who Sylvanas and Gen Greymane are, and I can get into that kind of stuff. High Mountain, right? It's just fucking Torin, right? Like, you know, Hemet Nessingwary is there. It's a kind of like keep you close to things and everything. And so um, I, I think that there's a lot to kind of pull you into those zones. Um, like it builds on, it builds on stuff that you've already kind of uh, got a basis for. And Asuna, you know, as you do have a somewhat of a basis for Asuna, but it is the farthest away um, of, of all the zones uh, in its entirety. I think that that's fair. Uh, but I think that's we all the all the time we have uh, we have yeah. uh, for today. So. I, I do want to talk about Stormar at some point, but I don't want to just do it in a couple seconds. Uh, yeah, the other thing is I don't know. Uh, I I haven't done very much of Storm Stormar, okay. so I can't really comment. When we get uh, further into that, we'll probably do uh, at least a section on that at some point. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that that's the that's the right call. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's all I had. Uh, uh, for you this week. Well, that's. I think I think that's about it. If you want to tell us what you think of Legion, you can email us at subderfsplaygames at gmail.com. You can watch us play uh, our RPGs on twitch.tv slash subderfsplaygames. You can follow us on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, and I'll put the links all in the description. It'll be great. Um, you can like, comment, and subscribe, whatever things you do. Please do. Uh, we love you all, all, all of you who listen. Um, and, uh, I think that's about it. Anything you wanted to pimp, buddy? Nope. I am, uh, I am, I am solid. I am, uh, good to go. Thanks for tuning in, loyal listeners. Until next time, dear listeners.